what's that? I remember when I was a sco- in, in school. <laughs> in school, there was this one chick that had something about. It's not about something the storm. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Oh, oh, look. <laughs> what is that? It's like a whole thing. Wasn't it in a movie? Like a motivational speech. Yeah, bro. You know those posters you get? Yeah. One of those. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the exact quote, but I do know what you're talking about. I know the quote. I just don't know it for word for word. I'm Googling this shit right now. You Google that shit, bitch. <laughs> Learning to sail my ship. No, learning to dance in, in the, rain. the rain. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's, it's about, about learning to dance in, in the, the rain. rain. Welcome to Thunder Noodle. Woogly boogly. Woodily. Woo. Don't <laughs> <laughs> we just switch it up a little bit today? Yeah. Because I'm switching up our whole episode. I'm throwing you all... The curveball. I don't know. Do it. I love me some curves, girl. I don't know if you ever played the curves Wii. On you. Ooh. <laughs> Wii. You know, like a Nintendo Wii, the console thing. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And then yes. they used to have the baseball. And then if you threw a curveball, it would be a curveball. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. No. Just me then. I know in NASCAR, it's one big curve. They're making a left turn. That's from Turbo. They're making left another left turn. That's yeah. like the speech I remember from Turbo. Uh, is Turbo uh, the snail? Oh, no. I'm talking about Jeff Dunham with Baba Jay, the little puppet. <gasps> I love Jeff Dunham. Right? He's so funny. Jalapeno on his stick. And I feel that Walter is my spirit animal. Right? <laughs> right? I feel yeah. like he's the crackhead version of Bibble. Yes. Love it. You know, like if Bibble had to somehow start sniffing coke and shooting lines or shooting mm. whatever, she'd turn out to sniffing be Sniffing coke and shooting lines. Yeah. That's we, we know drugs <coughs> up in here. We once did. We once had one shot of the marijuana, mm-hmm. and look at us now. And now we are high on life. <laughs> I wanted to say shooting heroin, and then I was like, "Is that Ooh. a bit rough?" And then lines came out, and I was like, "Well, that doesn't make sense, but it sounds better than heroin." <laughs> so I'd rather sound stupid than sound a bit too clued up. I don't know. I always found it funny that the female version of hero is a heroine. Because, <laughs> you know, we're so intoxicating. <laughs> so today. Yes. Oh, welcome, guys. We missed you on Friday. Let yeah. me just say that. We took a break. We needed a breather. Yeah, because I'm still angry. I'm still traumatized <laughs> and I'm still ready to go do things that will end up having me being talked on. A podcast about yeah yes my english is not englishing today it's all okay it's all fucking bad but that's <laughs> fine you guys will understand so for mini sewed monday it's sewed monday let me just preface that yeah we should perhaps just change the entire name to sewed <laughs> <laughs> love how we just both did the dramatic pause <laughs> We are so professional, <laughs> you guys. Oh, like, so wonderful. So today, <clears throat> for Sode, <laughs> I have actually brought us three cases. Not just one. <laughs> Some are three because I, I just want it all. 
Or are going to need three cases of tequila to get through this? Probably. Okay. So, no, not really. I mean, yeah, actually. But I just feel as though you did three three episodes, so I was like, I'll just do three cases. <laughs> Why not? In one episode. <laughs> Let's go crazy. <laughs> so, I want to preface this by saying, I'm not going to go into a lot of depth on all of these cases. Bitch, I'll description says we do deep dives are we lying to the people we are lying to the people okay just today mm-hmm. okay okay you know but i kind of thought there are some things after your last episode that really anger me they make me mad and I you made that. me mad so i'm gonna make you mad and today we are gonna talk about some cases that happened in south africa all three are based in south africa yeah and the sentencing that these people got and whether we think that was fair or fucked up. Oh no! I are going to preface by saying it are all fucked up. Okay. But each to their own opinion. Then why the fuck did you give me this whole speech before we started recording? If this is boring, just tell I'm not. I'm already not bored. Well, I don't know. Maybe I've like hyped it up and now it's not that hype. Go, I'm hyped. I'm ready. <laughs> you okay. can tell me. About fucking world peace, and I'll get revved up right now. You can tell me about cheese melting. I love the little elbow, yeah. roll, elbow roll, the shoulder roll, the shoulder so roll. Going and oh, we're vibing today. Yes, we're ready. We're ready. Okay, case number one. Mm. Advocate Bobby. Okay. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know who our advocate Bobby is, her name is Shizane Fisser. Lekker. So we're gonna do a little brief description of what happened. And then we will talk about it. Lekker. So, Shizane was sentenced to seven years in jail for multiple counts involving the molestation and abuse of children and other women. Her partner, Dirk Prinsloo, the mastermind of everything, fled the country and left her to face charges alone. He was later imprisoned in, in Belarus, Belarus? I don't know. Belarus. Some other country. Mm. I feel like if you say, say anything wrong, just put a fancy accent and then you sound... And then you sound like you know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And it was for another offense. I'm not sure if after that he's going to come back and... So he's still not prosecuted for the shit he did here? From what I know, I don't think so. Okay. I was more focused on her. Okay. One thing that happened... Okay, wait. Let me backtrack a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about her. When she was younger, she was a very pretty young girl, mm-hmm. but very to herself. Was She wasn't this whole, I'm going to wear all this makeup and I'm going to wear the dress and the heel. Didn't like the attention. Okay. She liked to be more to herself, more conservative, mm-hmm. I guess, if you could say that. You know, she was fucking smart. Just, you know, when you look at someone and you just... You're going to have your shit together in life. You're Those gonna, bitches you hate. Yeah, pretty okay. much. You're going to be okay. successful. You're going to be a bad bitch. Was bad she bitch. the center when playing the netball? Because fuck all, the, all the, fuck all the bitches. When it comes to life, she are the center. Yeah. Okay. I feel most girls would understand what I'm saying when I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, especially our South Africans, because oh. the netball in South Africa, in oh. school. It's very serious. Yo. Center. Yes, you are the it girl. Yeah. The it girl. Regina George in this yeah, bitch. Yeah, and none of them are tall. How does it even make it sense? It makes no sense. 
So that's anyway. the type of vibe we're getting from okay. Shizunaim. She meets Turk. I think she started working for him, something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. But she meets him. Bitch, complete motherfucking 180. Mm-hmm. Complete 180. She dyes her hair platinum blonde. And all of a sudden, now she's taking photos as a Playboy bunny. And I just wanted to ask you, was it okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. And even had multiple boob jobs to the point where her boobs were a double E. Does it even go that far? Apparently. Mm-hmm. A double E. So there were many stories going on when she got arrested and things like that. Because And a lot of this focused on the couple's sex life, mm-hmm. which we're going to get into. So one of the quotes say, Prince Lur couldn't get enough sex. That was one of the headlines. In the paper. Mm-hmm. The mm. other one, kinky sex is like brushing teeth, Fisser said. Goed. Mm-hmm. Goed. Okay. That's another headline. The actual crimes that happened are quite horrific, to be honest. Basically, the two of them would go to random people were involved. But one of the biggest issues I had with this case was they would go to like an orphanage. Mm. And they would call these girls and be like, no, we're going to... You know how people foster kids or whatever? Mm. And they'd know, we want to let these girls come to our... Because this man was rich. Okay. We're going to let the girls come to our house, spend a weekend outside the orphanage. Just let's spoil them a little, give them a little bit of love. So in theory, you're like, that's really nice of you to do. Mm-mm. The girls would go there. Some were drugged. And they would then be molested and assaulted by both Shizane and Dirk. They would show the girls pornography. They would show the girls their own sex tapes that they had made. And they would make the girls watch it. And the girls would come back to their orphanage or whatever. And be in an absolute state saying they would never want to go back there. All these horrible things. And it was it was really... And it wasn't reported immediately. <sighs> oh, I am fuming. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of the victims were drugged and they would wake up without their underwear on. She even, she's an even got involved with this troubled young woman who had a heroin addiction. And this young girl ended up also going through these assaults and stuff. And because of her addiction, because of the life she was currently in, and now what had happened with she's an A and them, she ended up committing suicide. <gasps> no. Very sad. They're, so it's said that their sex life involved human excretion bondage and illegal pornography it was very weird it said that Fisser, so she's an a she was a virgin when she she met dirk and then this is what her life turned into she would even when she was arrested when i tell you she defended this man Mm-mm. with her damn life people would tell her to leave him that she wasn't that they weren't good together that like her life was going to shit because of him and she was like no i love him he's the only man that's ever loved me he's the only man that's ever made me feel this good she was in a relationship early on in high school with this other man and they ended up breaking up because of how conservative she was she didn't even really like kissing this boy and then meets this third guy he manipulates her so hard and this is what she turns into. Crazy. So, so this quote unquote smart girl. 
Oh, no, we shouldn't. Okay. No, I'm going to be... Be that bitch. It's I'm going okay. to be fucked up to say that. Because you can be... You can be book smart. Mm. But be mentally susceptible to manipulation. Yes. So that means street smarts. Mm. Not that much. Not there. I mean, you're not going to take little old fucking white trash S over here and manipulate me like that. I'm not book smart, Mm-mm. but I'm street smart. Same Don't girl. come here and tell me cock. Right? I will know. I will know. Yeah. You and your manipulating ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you see, that... The, that's the that's that distinction for me that's always been there because i have yeah. met people that are fucking smart yeah their iq off the charts but then they do stupid shit and then i think to myself how do you not know this and to them i i seem stupid mm. but means i'm completely different aspects different aspects of being smart so she was not very street smart no clearly not okay so she gets arrested. She goes to prison. She and defends is this motherfucker. Defends this motherfucker. And he flees. He's gone. He's out of this bitch. He's like, bye. You deal with it. He's her. in Belarusa. Mm-hmm. Belarus. Belarus. She gets given a seven-year sentence. Seven. Of which she spends only three and a half in jail. Is this bitch currently walking... She are on the no streets of South Africa. In prison. No longer in prison. Okay. Um, when did this happen? Girl. It's fine. It, that doesn't even fucking matter. Because I'm assuming it must have been in the, the 2000s. She was arrested in 2002 and was out. Okay, so that coincides with when the okay so now this was before the definition of rape was changed so what happened was they were arrested in 2002 the case was dropped and then reopened the following year who the how was the case dropped what the actual fuck okay so before we now heard about how the definition of rape changed Mm. So naturally, if the definition of rape back then was just a total monster entering a vagine, then according to the law back then, she was not capable of raping someone, right? So then I'm assuming she just got charged with assault. But these are children and nobody thought... So she was sent to jail in 2010. So it got opened 2002 was the first time it got brought up. Gets dropped. Reopened. And then in 20 and then in what? 2013 14 she's hard up out there. Yeah. What the actual fuck? Yeah, she was released in 2013. What the actual fuck? I just don't understand. How people are just letting other people walk out with these little kids for a weekend. Is it because she's... And bringing them back home. Is, do you think it's because she's... I don't know. Her husband was also some very professional, well-known dude, businessman. Okay. So that, to me, floor number one. 
in this whole case is the fact that people are just letting other people come in and take these kids without what fucking supervised visitation you know i just don't i don't understand i don't get it it makes me mad case number two that we're going to talk about is a very well-known case in south africa i want to say something Mm -hmm. i fucking hope these kids sue the fuck out of whomever made this happen Mm. sue the fuck out of her sue the fuck out of that other motherfucker sue the fuck out of fucking everybody Mm. just sue them Mm. for fucking emotional turmoil all of the above because you know what fuck all of them just what happened to these kids is not acceptable and to have this be the half-assed justice that they get after being in a freaking orphanage okay i'm done Hold on. So the whole situation really angers me. One thing I find insane about this whole situation as well is the fact that someone can genuinely, you know, people are always on that thing of, oh, people can change, people can do. How the fuck does someone change that much? If you see before and after pictures of this girl, it doesn't even look like the same person. And if she kept on defending him, that means you are physically not realize It's not registering in your brain what happened. Mm-hmm. Because if you're defending him, then you cannot fully comprehend what you did was wrong. Because if you would, if you had that little light bulb fucking switch on, mm. then... Okay. 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 Case number two. <clears throat> Is a very well-known case in our country. Mm-hmm. Live, laugh, hate it. But I think, especially now, yes, I feel like now is a good time to talk about it. So we're going to have a little chit-chat about Mr. Oscar Pristorius. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners who don't know, in the early morning of Thursday, the 14th of February, 2013, so... As Shizana is coming out, Mr. Pristorius, he's going in. Okay. Well, he's not going in. He's committing his crime. Okay. 14th of February, so Valentine's Day. Pristorius shot and killed Reva Stiangam at his home in Pretoria. So Reva was Mr. Pristorius's girlfriend. And one thing I actually, I was watching a documentary on this the other day because my dad was watching it. Do you know that they were only together for like three months? I did not know that. I had this thing in my head. They were together for like a d- two years or something. Yeah, I thought they were on the verge of... Like they were basically married. Nah, bitch. They were only together for like three, four months at this point. Okay. Can you fucking believe that? So, <clears throat> Pistorius admitted that he had shot Stiankamp four times, causing her death, but claimed he mistook her for a possible intruder. On the 12th of September, Pristorius was found guilty for culpable homicide and one firearm-related charge of reckless endangerment related to discharging a firearm in a restaurant. How the fuck that happens, I'm not sure, but slay. 21 October 2014, he received a prison sentence of a maximum of five years for culpable homicide and a concurrent three-year suspended prison sentence for the separate reckless endangerment conviction. 
So for both those cases, he was originally only charged with five. Well, yeah, he was only sentenced five years. On the 4th of November 2014, prosecutors applied to the sentencing judge for permission to appeal the culpable homicide verdict, stating that the five-year prison term was, and I quote, shockingly light, inappropriate, and would not have been imposed by any reasonable court. There you go. Fucking spitting. Yeah. The judge ruled on the 10th of December 2014 that the prosecution could challenge her ruling of acquitting Pistorius of premeditated murder and convicting him of the lesser charge of culpable homicide. However, she ruled that the state could not appeal the length of the sentence. The case was then set for appeal in front of a five-person panel at the Supreme Court of Appeal. The dates for prosecutors to submit court papers outlining their arguments were set for the 17th of August 2015. And the date for the defense team's response was set for the 17th of September 2015. The date for the appeal hearing was set for November 2015. I'm not sure what date. The prosecutor's argument rested on the judge's application of the legal principle of dolus eventualis. I don't know what the fuck that means. But basically, whether an accused did actually foresee the outcome of their actions rather than whether he or she should have. So what that basically means is when he was standing outside that bathroom going to shoot the gun, in that moment, did he know this could possibly kill someone or was it I'm getting into a fight at the club and I think I just punched a guy a few times to sh- shake him up a bit but I didn't actually think I was going to kill him if you but you're holding a gun so that's what no 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 that's what the the law kind of yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but I get it but he was holding a gun if you so are holding it then oh okay logic left the building So the judge had then made an error in concluding that Pistorius had not foreseen that by firing four shots through the closed door of the toilet cubicle, he would kill or injure whoever was behind her. So the judge is like, oh, okay, well, when you put it like that, maybe I did make a mistake in saying that he couldn't have When you put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't quote me on that being her words, guys. That's my words. I'm just saying... That's the energy she's giving. It's giving very, oh, uh, well, I suppose if you say it that way. So there was no alarms going off in this woman's head saying, uh-uh, bad vibes. Mm-mm. The appeal was heard on the 3rd of November 2015 in the Supreme Court of Appeal, Bloemfontein. Yeah, a lot of shit goes down in this Bloemfontein, eh? Nah, wouldn't want to be there. Mm-mm. <laughs> bad vibes. <laughs> bad vibes. <laughs> The matter was heard before five Supreme Court judges. By a unanimous decision, the court overturned Pistorius's culpable homicide conviction and found him guilty of the murder and death of Reva Stiankam. One of the judges, Judge Eric Leach, read the summary of judgment. The panel of five judges found for the prosecutor's argument that Pistorius must have known that someone would die if he fired through the closed door into the small toilet cubicle. So it took five people to come to this conclusion. (laughs) The culpable homicide verdict was replaced with a murder conviction and the case was referred back to the trial court for a sentencing hearing when it reconvened. 
On the 19th of September 2017, it was confirmed that the SCA would hear the state's arguments appealing to extend Pistorius' sentence on the 3rd of November 2017, with its final ruling being confirmed on the 24th of November 2017. On the 24th of November 2017, this SCA increased Pistorius' jail sentence to 13 years and 5 months. That's how much he got for murdering someone. 13 years. 13 years. And 5 months. Can I just say, if this shit would have gone down in today, whomever that first judge was would be cancelled. Yeah. Prosecutors had argued that the six-year term was too short. The SCA ruled his sentence to be increased to 15 years. Less time for what, what has already been served. So 15 years in total, but we'll take off some time for what you've already sent for, for for how long you've already been in jail cool if you think that's fair slay so on the 19th of december 2017 it was confirmed that pistorius had filed papers with the constitutional court to appeal the newly increased sentence and have his previous six-year sentence reinstated so he was like ah, that is so unconstitutional that you could do that to me i want to just take my six years and just let it be that I know I murdered a bitch, but like 15 years, that's unconstitutional. Can I just Be say... Be so motherfucking for real. That I find the words unconstitutional and concurrently triggering. <laughs> <laughs> I am officially triggered. I am going to start having trauma responses to those words. Girl, I okay. fucking feel you. So on the 9th of April 2018, it was confirmed that on the 28th of March 2018, the appeal was dismissed by courts. Pistorius was not to be eligible for parole until at least 2023. After an additional hearing, parole was again denied on the 31st of March 2023. On the 24th of November 2023, it was announced that Pistorius was to be released on parole. Reva Steenkamp's mother, June Steenkamp, did not oppose his parole because she, quote, simply cannot muster the energy to face him again at this stage, end quote. Pistorius was released on parole on the 5th of January 2024 with conditions in place until his sentence expires on the 5th of December 2029. He served only 11 years on his sentence of 15. So this entire situation literally took so much not only her daughter from her but it took so much from her that she could not even muster up the energy to go and oppose this she was like i can't but and at that and point i get I, it because I you it. my child gets murdered and at first you say five years five years then you get tuned about it you go okay fine i'll make it six and then it has to go through another whole entire process and then finally, I get somewhat justice and all that is is 15 years. Okay, 15. That, that's fine. Okay, but let's make it 13. And then he only has to serve 11. Exactly. <clears throat> I would, at that point, what can I do that will be justice? Because nothing I do now is going to get me to the point where I feel like my daughter's life was worth it. You know what? And now he's out here, guys. Walking the fucking streets, doing his fucking thing. And when 2029 comes around and passes, he will officially be a completely free fucking man. 
the one thing that I can take from this entire fuck up of a situation is he is not able to hide his face. No. Everybody and their mama knows what you did. Especially, uh, never mind, I'm not going to say what I want to say. Everybody knows. And honestly, I hope that it is so bad for him that he fucking wishes to go back to prison. Me too, girl. Me motherfucking too. Our final case of the day. And then we're going we're gonna to deep dive a little bit into everything once we're done with this one. This is known as the Waterkloof 4. In the posh, this happened. Oh, let me rephrase. This happened in the posh, largely Afrikaans suburb of Waterkloof in Pretoria. Is your French schmancy? Apparently, it's bougie that side. Okay, I don't know bougie. Me neither. Mm. I know Trailer Park. Same girl. Fucking rockstar lifestyle. Yeah. On the night of December 1st, 2003, 16-year-olds... So, as Oscar... (laughs) Did you plan this? I really didn't, guys. I swear. I really, really did not plan for things to... But well done on you making these flow, okay? But it happened. I don't know about this whatsoever. The previous two I have heard of, but this one I do not know. Okay. Stop being a true crime fan. Take all my thunder, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Take all my thunder. I'm just left with the noodle. Just the noodle. Just the noodle. Okay. On the night of December 1st, 2003, 16-year-olds, Christoph Becker, (laughs) Fricky Dupris, Dupria. I just can't get over the fact that his name is Fricky. (laughs) Actually names a child Fricky. No offense to any Frickies out there that listen. We still love you. But... How are you going to carry a baby for nine months and then name it Fricky? I don't know. That's sad. <laughs> that nine months was not worth it. If you're just going to name him Fricky. But, Slay. Gerd van Skolkwijk in Reinhard Tijd. Lekker. Some very Afrikaans boys. You are Afrikaansing the Afrikaans. I are very uncomfortable right now. It are okay. <laughs> okay. So these four boys were out. They were out for a good time. They were going to party. They were going to have some fun. They want to live it up. So they're like, let's go out. Cool, cool, cool. So one thing to know about these boys is all of them came from quite wealthy families, except for Reynard. He was not very wealthy. Was he middle class? No. Or like us? No, worse than us. Uh, I think. Yeah. But they all went to school together. <clears throat> except for one um so they these boys were fucking rugby boys apparently they dominated the rugby teams at their schools and um lacquer they were just beefcakes beefcakes lacquer do you know what is an actual beefcake what lasagna is beefcake oh i thought you were going to tell me like a person i know is an no bra lasagna is a beefcake because it's layers like a cake, yeah, but, but made beef. from beef. So lasagna is a beefcake. Well, they were a bunch of lasagnas then. Okay. Fricky and um, Gert and Reinhardt were all pupils at Wurschkul Waterkloof. Whereas Christoph, his father was the principal there. So they were like, mm, maybe we shouldn't have the kid of the principal 
at the school, the kids like to bully, you know, they're going to be mean to him. So instead, he went to a nearby school called Garsfontein High School. Oh, lacquer. So three of them are in the same school. One of them is not purely, well, I'm saying purely, but from what I assume, it's because his poor dad is the principal. And who wants to go to a school where your parents the principal? I don't know. There was a kid in my class whose dad was the principal and he was a baller. Everybody loved him. He was naughty as fuck. But when I was in primary school, we had a kid. Well, there were two. There were boys. They were brothers. And they were in our school. And I unfortunately had the horrible luck of being in the one boy's class. We're going to call him Franklin. Okay. Actually, no. Fuck you. His name was Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck Benjamin. Because so his dad was the principal his mom worked at the school his aunt worked at the school and so did his aunt's daughter so his cousin okay they all worked at the school his dad's a principal they fucking i'm a hotshot his brother was head boy they fucking said i'm fucking hotshot dude yeah i'm fucking cool as balls that man bullied the fuck out of me and then one day hit me in my face. <gasps> when I went to his mother to report it, because I actually didn't go. His, I, went, I got picked up by a friend of mine that afternoon. And I had a fucking bruise on my face from this boy hitting me. And she was like, what the fuck? And I told her, Benjamin hit me in the face. She's like, Mm-mm-mm. I'm taking you to his mother. And we are dealing with this. Yeah. And this isn't even my mom. Thank God, because my mom probably... Well, she did go fucking ballistic, but whatever. This mom takes me to Benjamin's mom. And she's like, listen, bitch. Why is your son hitting little girls in the face? Yeah. So and she, you're so tiny. So she asks me what happened. I said, no. Benjamin called my friend a slut. Means I'm... Guys, we're in primary school. I was like, not even 12 years old yet. I was like, this boy is sitting here calling my friends whores and sluts and like bullying us and whatever. So... I stood up for myself and he hit me in the face. She looks at me. Now, Benjamin's in the class when this happened. She looks at me. She looks at the mom. She looks back at her child. She looks at her mom and goes, well, my kid won't hit someone for no reason. <gasps> Headbutt right there. <laughs> Headbutt. Trailer box coming out. Bitch, if there's a bottle, I'm breaking it. I'm fucking. <laughs> my mom then went to the school the next day to, her, to the principal. Needless to say, he had to come and formally apologize to me, but. It was not justice. So I have a bad experience of kids who are the principal's children. And then I've had other times where it's like, oh my God, no, they get bullied. So I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, if you are, I felt it, bitch. (laughs) If you are a child of a principal, let us know in whom school you were. Let us know. How was your experience? Did you go around hitting little girls and get away with it? Yeah. Because Benjamin did. Fuck (laughs) you, Benjamin. If you ever hear this, fuck you. And now he's on roids and he looks like a pumpkin. (laughs) So, justice. He's a beefcake. He's a lasagna. And he's orange like a lasagna. Uh, I'll show you what he looks like later. So, oh my God. And literally last year, he sent me a happy birthday message (laughs) on Instagram. I was like, what the fuck dude <laughs> you were like my first ever domestic violence case happy birthday dude we don't even talk bruh but anyway wow we talked about something really funny now and now i don't want to talk about this case because i feel like it's so insensitive but it's fine so on the first of december 
they took Christoph's father's car. Now, these are a bunch of 16-year-old boys. Despite the fact that it is illegal for them to be driving this car, they went anyway. They were like, we're going to go party. We're going to live up our night, yo. Slay. Yeah, we're privileged white kids. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Mm-hmm. So they go to this party. Fuck them. They do their thing. Then they decide, why should we end our night here? So from there, they visited a nightclub in Hatfield. Slay. At this point, you're thinking, okay, bunch of boys making a stupid mistake by driving. But we're in South Africa. All people are doing things way younger than they should. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. It's all good. Until the boys decide to make some really, really fucking bad choices. So on their way home, they decide to assault a man in Constantia Park. They just beat the shit out of this man. They then get in their car and they drive off. They then drive to another park. Where they kicked, stabbed, and beat a homeless black man to death with a hammer. One of the men... What the fuck? Yeah. Fricky. Reportedly demonstrated his... Nos puta kicks. I don't know who that is. Maybe he's a fighter or something. Nos puta. Yeah. No, he's... I don't know if he... He has something. I know he, he comments on rugby. He... I think he was a rugby player. Um... Uh, and he comments then on... Then that makes sense. Yeah, he comments on... He's one of the talkity-talky people. Yeah. What do they call I don't them? know. I don't watch rugby. I know this just purely from they call them, being South African. They call them commentators. Yes. I feel if you are my age, you know who Nosbota is. You know who... I know who Faf de Clark is. You know Faf. And you know fucking... Jaslyn Colby. No, no, no. Uh, Rian Kreivogen, brah. Uh, I don't know who that is. You don't know Rian Kreivogen? I know Cheslin because of his ads on TV. Rian then his wife goes, Oh, Cheslin, it's just a little bulky. <laughs> because he's small and he plays for the box. So then she uh, makes fun of him. And then she, Oh, Cheslin, it's just a little bulky. No, Rian Kreivogen is a legit legend. Um. He was a news anchor. Oh. Yeah, he had the little toupee. And he literally learned... The entire fucking speech off by heart. And he could actually pronounce Sutu, Koza, Tswane. He could pronounce all those names. He learned how to do it properly. Fucking A. Love Rian. Rian is a legend. We stand Rian. Mm. Well, Mr. Fricky decided to be the next Nosbota and kick the shit out of this man. Love that. <clears throat> they then threw stones at, them, at this man. To see if he would move. Mm. The four young men left the man there, went home, and acted as if nothing happened. They went on with their lives as normal. More than two years later, charges only get placed. What? I'm not entirely sure how the charges went. Like I said, I didn't deep dive on the actual cases. I more just did a brief description. Yeah. So... More than two years later, Gert, Gert, yo, Gert, yeah. By that time, m- a matric student, so, lacquer. He gets a phone call from Christoph, and Christoph is telling him, How's it, bro? We have a kakgroot problem. Charges are being pressed for a crime we did two years ago. You remember that one night? Yeah, not so lacquer. Yeah, it has caught up to us. So, uh, have these little fuckers done anything similar to this? 
Not that I could find. As far as I'm aware, it was a one night thing. Not that it makes it any better. No, no, but no. But I can't imagine that it was thing. Like, what like, binge crime and <laughs> then boom, fucking you're good now for the yeah. next two years. I'm, I'm cool. I think they probably did like petty crime. Or maybe they were scared they were going to get... But mm. Okay. Yeah. But also keep in mind they're rich boys. In their head they can probably... Daddy will pay for it. Oh, yeah. You know? So charges of murder and assault had now been laid against all four boys. The subsequent trial of the Vater the the Kluif 4, as they were dubbed, transfixed the nation. Christoph was the only one out of the four to testify in court. And he attracted a lot of attention. Yeah. He had aspirations of being a model and an actor. He was a very pretty boy, apparently. I don't think so. They all look like beefcakes. They all look like lasagna. Mm. Mm. He wore designer clothing to court. And even sang a song... I'm too sexy for my shirt. What? Mm-hmm. He told the court that they had been what? That they had attacked their victim because they had been inspired. Do you want to know what inspired them? Are you looking for the song? No. Uh, yeah. What, what inspired them? What are you looking for? I want to see what they fucking look like. Oh, it's very funny. It's very funny. Oh wait. Beefcake. <sighs> mm-hmm. <laughs> is this the one that thinks he's too sexy Christoph mm. yeah Christoph he wants to be a model he wants to be an actor and he is too sexy for his shirt he is not no <laughs> he is not <laughs> so he told the court that they had attacked their victim because they had been inspired now what inspired them is crazy so they had had a recent police visit to their schools and this inspired them because the police had urged them to help fight crime. Magistrate Len Kutzer called Becker, so Christoph the Mr. I'm too sexy, a self-confessed liar of astounding arrogance. Man just thought he was hot shit. The four attracted criticism throughout the trial for their seeming refusal to demonstrate remorse. The case's obvious racist undertones drew condemnation from all sides. I hate making things about race, but these are four very rich Afrikaans white boys who believe they have power and both victims that night were underprivileged black men. You doing nothing. Doing absolutely sweet fuck all. And now they're saying they were inspired to stop crime. So they are insinuating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So two and two, it's equaling yeah. four. Yeah. There was even a quote that says, it touches the most sensitive nerve in the Afrikaner and indeed the South African psyche. Racist in its most brutal form. Yeah. That was from Ms. Mia Swart. Who wrote it in the mail and guardian at the time. Okay. She also called their de- their defiance and... Oh, no, what? She called them defiance and arrogance after the fact. Yeah. And it was a disgrace to Afrikanerdom, she says. Mm. 
Like, I agree, I agree, I agree, <laughs> I agree. One of the telling details during the trial was that Fricky allegedly punched Christoph after someone called his family poor. I also want to punch Christoph. He has a face that wants to be punched. Oh, no, 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 no. Not Fricky, Reinhardt. Oh. Sorry, Reinhardt. Reinhardt also looks like he wants to be yeah, punched. So they they Reinhardt like punched Christoph. Okay. Because they said, your family's poor. So I punched him. <laughs> the boys' families and friends showed unwavering support, which I think is fucking disgusting. Yeah, that's fucking horrid. Christoph's mother. I want to punch this bitch in the face. Yeah. This lady, oh, she irritates me. So she told You Magazine in August 2020, 2010, sorry. Yeah. She and I motherfucking quote. My Chrissy would never do something like that. In 2009. <laughs> <laughs> in 2009. Oh, it gets worse. In 2009, her husband resigned from his headmaster's position at Wurschkul Vaterkloof amidst allegations of financial irregularities totaling 5 million rand. Pupil's parents had asked difficult questions about how Christoph's dad was bankrolling his son's costly defense and how the school's deputy could afford to live in the same luxury Pretoria estate as Oscar Pretorius. Oh, wow. Quote. This is another quote from Mother. Yeah. Before Chrissy's court case, we had a dream life. Now everything is shattered. Well, bitch. Maybe your son shouldn't go around punching, stabbing, and beating people with a hammer. Maybe then your life wouldn't have been shattered. And maybe daddy mustn't steal money. To defend his little boy. Or to buy the pretty little life that you have currently Mm -hmm. had. Have had. Have had. Yeah. Throughout the trial, there were concerns that the four boys would be given soft treatment because they were rich and white which in south africa we can fucking understand yeah rich white men have a lot of privilege yeah unfortunately it took three years after their murder conviction for them to be jailed during which time they lived relatively normal lives so they're just out there doing their thing They, they so they got bail and they were just chilling it out until they got eventually. oh wow okay yeah in november 2005 city press reported on the lengthy holidays the four were taking so they were even out on holiday fun in affluent seaside resorts in jeffrey's bay and belito some are going to durban so what did jeffrey's it's because they at a nice five-star resort and just kick back and chill because you know Going to court after I murdered, it's just so much hard work. I just need a vacation. Totally ruining my tan. Mm -hmm. Like the lighting, it's just not good. It's not lasagna-ing my complexion. Mm -mm -mm -mm. They, no. I just need to get this man's name. I don't like talking about them with their surnames. Okay. Gert. We're going to talk a bit about Gert. Because I'm over Chrissy. Chrissy mm. can suck my big fucking toe. So, Gert was even selected during this time that he's having his little vacay and everything. He was even selected to play rugby 
for the Mpumalanga Pumas. And do you want to know why he was selected to play for them? Because Gert's stepfather coached the team. So even though there was a lot of criticism and a lot of people weren't happy, stepfather was like, oh, it's fine, my boy. Just come. Play Just some gun. rugby. In 2008, the boys finally entered prison. Now, who is this that they're talking about? Because this is where shit's about to get really, really, really fucked up. Gert and Reinhardt. Yes. Okay. Gert and Reinhardt. Cool. So, boys go to prison for the first time. Gert and Reinhardt were sent to Zonderwater. Where Chrissy and Fricky, they went to Pretoria Central. Chrissy's mother told the U magazine that he didn't discuss prison conditions with her when she went to visit. He didn't want to tell her about it. I hope he got beat the fuck up and I hope he got tortured. Hmm. But that's my personal opinion. A pastor at the prison told Rapport in 2020 that Christoph and Fricky were avid users of the prison gym and that they look like two big, strong, beautiful men. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> he even said it in Afrikaans. So they're very big, beautiful men. Did they use the word prachtig? No. They no use way. this other word. It says... Now, I even Googled how to pronounce it because I really can't say it. Okay. But basically, the definition of the word is a very attractive, sexy young man. Okay, what is it? That word with the A at the bottom of a paragraph. Yeah. So. I don't know what the fuck that means. I've never heard that word. When you Google it in English, okay, it means very pretty, very sexy young man. Ooh. Okay. There's even a photo of, I'll explain the photo after I get to what I need to get to. Otherwise, I'm going to ruin it. Yeah. Despite their 12-year jail sentence, Gert and Reinhardt would not be behind bars for long. An application from the parole board saw Magistrate Pete Johnson convert their sentences to house arrest. In December 2011. After serving just over three years for the murder, the two boys were released from prison just before the end of 2011. Hmm. There was a widespread outrage at the time with the DA's James Self saying that the decision to set them free after such a short time was clearly incorrect in terms of the law. In particular, Critics asked how it is possible for the parole board and the court to both overlook three aspects. The first, the severity of the crime might not make the offenders eligible for sentence conversion. So because of how bad it was, they can't change it. Mm -mm. The second one, that because all four boys had committed the offense, they had to be handled as a group. Yeah. Therefore... Two getting out and two staying in is poos unfair. Yeah. And thirdly, that a con 
that a conversion of sentence cannot take place if the prisoner in question has a certain amount of time remaining on their sentence. Basically, that means there's this law, or whatever, we'll get cupcakes to properly explain it, but if you say have more than five years on your sentence left, you cannot apply, you you can only apply if there's like two years or okay, whatever. That's it, kind yeah. of what they explained to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm no lawyer, bitch. I don't know. Yeah. Cupcake, if you're listening, please come correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. But they said that if you have a certain amount of time, you cannot be eligible converted. for parole <laughs> yeah. or converted. Mm. Cannot. No. So a lot of people are upset about this whole situation mm-hmm. because there's just so many things that People feel as if just went straight over everyone's motherfucking heads. So, Correctional Services Minister at the time said that the department was investigating to see if there was any collision between members of the parole board and correctional services officers. The DA's self, that guy, Mm. James, that's his name, the DA's James told Parliament that it smelled of conspiracy to him. Since the parole board had waited until just before Christmas to take their decision to a magistrate due to retire within a year. So like, "Mm, mm mm-mm, bad vibes. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -mm. bad vibes. However it happened, the magistrate's ruling was wrong. A conversion of sentence of this type can apparently not take place if the prisoners in question has more than five years left to serve. Yeah. As was the case with the other two. No, yeah, with Gert and Reinhardt. Correctional Services appealed his decision and won. In June, three judges of the Pretoria High Court ruled that the men should return to prison. They must come back. <laughs> I just can't imagine anything worse than getting out and then being told, I'm actually, please come back. I find that hilarious. But as funny as it is, oh girl, it, I'm still going to make you mad. Okay. So even though they say to him, come back, please come back. A subsequent application for leave to appeal failed, despite advocate Jop. I don't know. Yop. No, it should be Jop. Who can you, how can you put a J and then it must be Yop? Then it must be a Y. No. Yes. Not an Afrikaans. No. But no. Are we Afrikaans? No. Nia. But Yop is. <laughs> no, Yop is English. I don't like it sounds like a scop. Yop. Mm. No. Yup. Yup. Yop. Yop. Okay. A subsequent appli- oh, a subsequent application for leave to appeal failed, despite advocate Yorp Silliers arguing that it would ruin the men's lives to go back to jail. So he's all like, No, you can't send them back. It's gonna ruin their lives. Well Yorp, they killed a person. They ruined his life. Why do we care about this? Crazy thoughts. In September they were given a week. To report back to prison. So not even return immediately. No. <laughs> you you have a week to sort out your shirt. Get your things in order. State your boss no. Maybe have your final makers. Do your thing. But come back Sunday. Maybe like 2 o'clock. No stress. Oh wow. 
So EWN reported in June that at least two senior correctional services employees were fired after the two were released. At least, at least three other officials were suspended at the time. In March the following year, a grilling of the Department of Correctional Services by the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee gave some idea of the confusion within the department at the time when it came to the matters of parole and prisoner release. According to the meeting minutes, Chief Deputy Commissioner Modisa said that the department would often only find out about releases via the media. What? Yeah, girl. As prison officials could not be relied on to inform the department first. During Gert and Reinhardt's 18 months outside of prison, the terms of their house arrest dictated that they had to be home between the hours of 6 p.m. and 7 a.m. So they could be out the whole day. And that was on weekdays. And on weekends could only leave the house up to 1 p.m. Which I think is fucking ridiculous. But whatever. So what they are basically saying, if they, if media outlets do not wish to post this story, then they probably won't find out. Mm-hmm. Because this is their... Because they're just so unreliable. And you know what? We can't really do anything about that. So we're just going to take it at face value. Oh, wow. So the two boys also had to carry out 15 hours of community service per week. One reportedly cleaned the Transvaal Museum. And the other was working at Bronkorspreit Police Station. Lacquer. Let's send a convicted murderer to a police station to work there. To do community service. Love it. Love it. Nonetheless, it appears that the two had been able to get on with life fairly successfully. Van Skolkwijk, the Pretoria News reported, had been planning on getting married, had started a rugby club called the Eastern Eagles, and had bought and developed a piece of property in Boschkop. He also trained with the Pumas Rugby Club again. Tate, meanwhile was the general manager of a company called Primer that supplies flour to bread makers. They then returned to the Zonderwater prison and they had to go back to serving their 12-year sentence as if they had never been released. But Pretoria News quoted Correctional Services Chief Deputy Commissioner James... James. (laughs) As saying that it will not be a complete do-over... They will not have to start, quote, they will not have to start from scratch to prove themselves responsible enough to have visitors or phone calls, James said. So they don't have to work back their privileges. The time spent outside of prison will count as time served towards their sentences. And by February 2014, all four men will have served half of their sentences and will thus be eligible for parole. Correctional services called on the Waterkloer 4 in June, I don't know what year, to show that they were truly sorry during Mandela month. How the fuck is that appropriate? Lawyer Jenny Brewis asked ENCA, quote, how many times do my clients have to express remorse? Till you fucking die. In an unfortunate choice of words, she also said 
And I quote, you, can't, you can keep on kicking a person when they are down and out and lying on the ground. <gasps> no. Let's talk about it. So they are out now. When I googled where are they now, it didn't tell me where they are. Because they could apply for parole in 2014. 2014. And that was half since, which angers me just a little bit more. Because in theory, they should have been out 2022. Yeah. In January, he's on the beach. Was that after he was released or the, when he was released the first time? After he was released, this was this year. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. They are out. He announced he was released on parole for the final time in December 2014. He announced in March of 2015 he was suing Justice and Correctional Service Minister Masuta and three other officials for $2.5 million And he and Dupria re-arrested after their release. They were suing them. Because he did not believe that he violated his conditions. Mm. And he should not have been rearrested. Mm-hmm. And they were released on parole after serving only five and a half years of their terms. So the moral of today's minisode was basically to give you guys a little bit of an insight on how fucked up our world really can be. Because now we have seven people that we've spoken about that have done some quite horrific things. Some fucking horrid things and they are all walking around amongst us and they were all done within the 2000s none of them served the time they were supposed to child molesters and rapists we have a murderer and we have a group murder and they're all just chilling and now they are sitting on the beach and they are living their best life and they thought all okay and that just says volumes to me. Yeah. Because, and it's something that I really don't understand, is if you pick up a gun and I pick up a gun, and I walk out here and I shoot person A, and you walk out here and you shoot person B, what are the chances that we will actually get the same sentencing, the same punishment, the same consequences to our actions? Very fucking little. So what is stopping people from making these choices when you can watch someone that does it that gets two years and then you can watch someone that does it that gets the rest of their life? And But even the people that get life aren't serving life. No. I don't even understand why parole is even a thing. If you sentence someone to a certain amount of time, do the motherfucking time. In school, if I got detention, my teacher wasn't like, oh, well, Max, you know what? You've done 15 minutes. Ignore the last 45. Just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were I sitting said that full hour. You were sitting still for 15 minutes. So you weren't moving around like Becky over here. So you can, you can go. So how do you even form a proper moral compass when the morals that are set to, to kind of live by are so bent? And all you're telling me is money and power can get you out of anything. Yeah. Because... That's something all three of these people had but in common. You, you don't even need money and power. You technically, it helps. It helps a fuck ton. We've seen this in these cases. But you don't even need money and power. Don't worry. Our, our law system will give you the life you deserve. You can count on that. I have no words. Mm. 
Bye, guys. <laughs> Love Bye. you.